You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. Every one of us has a spark in our heart that God put there. A dream, a seed of something, an invention, a corporation, a ministry, a neighborhood outreach, to dream and to imagine a preferable future for your life personally, if you're married, for your marriage, if you have a family, for your family, for your neighborhood. Most people just go from day to day, week to week, month to month, and they don't want to respond to this incredible, greater than God who's doing things inside of us. So I want to take you to the passage that the song that Justice sang came from, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. And I want you to sing it with me. No, okay, let's just read it. (laughs) Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, throughout all generations. In the the school of the Bible on Sunday nights, we, we learned that Moses raised up Joshua, and that Joshua raised up no one. And in the book of Judges, it said that the next generation did not know God or know the power of his workings or know the story of how he delivered Israel from the captivity of Egypt, from the Red Sea, how he caused them to cross the Jordan River in the middle of the flood season. They didn't know because nobody told them. Now, we have a God who can do more than we can ask or imagine. Have you ever asked a big ask? Big ask. God, well, let me ask you this. When was the last time you prayed a prayer so big it it shook your soul? Like your husband who's far away from Christ or your wife who's far away from Christ or your kids who have become prodigals. When was the last time you prayed a prayer so strong, so powerful that it even shook your faith? When was the last time you, you prayed a prayer so big or, or had an imagination so big that it, it rattled your soul? Here, here is Paul writing while he's in a prison cell and he's not allowing his circumstance or his geography to determine his view of God. He's in a real small jail cell. Some people say it's about four feet wide and six feet tall. And he's on a short chain to a guard. He gets fed once a day, maybe. And I mean, it's dark and it's dismal. And and, and on the outside is a scribe who's writing down what God is giving him by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit And in that kind of setting, he said, unto God who's able to do more than we could even begin to ask or imagine, according to the power that works within us. I want you to write this down, if you would, that God is greater than all we can, what? Ask. Ask. Ephesians 3.20, according to his power that is at work within us. Now, some of you great historians would remember the Cold War. 
And, and it, here's how the Cold War is summarized. Let me, let me read this to you. Those were turbulent days for our world. Few shots were fired and both sides did what they could to keep direct military confrontation at a minimum. In the Cold War, the world lived with a balance of power. The United States and the Soviet Union waged a Cold War for control of the world. But the balance of power, they showed their muscle, we showed our muscle. They showed their nukes, we showed our nukes. They showed their fighter jets, we showed our fighter jets. They showed their military, who marched really funny, I think, and we showed our military. And because we had a balance of power, World War III was kept from happening. I think a lot of Christians live in a Cold War mentality. That the Holy Spirit, well, he just gives us enough power to get by. The devil has his power. We have our power. Let there not be a war, God forbid. And yet Paul, this same guy who says that we, we don't live by what we see, but we live by a God who's greater than we could ask or even imagine, he calls us to spiritual warfare. He says things to us like, we can stand against the devil and having done all to stand, we'll still remain standing. He says things like, greater is God that's inside of you than, than the enemy outside of you. Jesus gave some powerful words and and Paul would echo those words as he speaks to his young son, Timothy, Acts 1.8 and Timothy 1.7.14. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's Jesus talking. And you'll be my witnesses. You'll do more than you could ask or imagine. In Jerusalem, that's where they lived. In, 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 in Judea, that was, uh, you know, that, was, that was like Santa Barbara County. In Samaria, that was like the U.S. and the ends of the earth, the whole globe. You'll do things that are greater than, than, well, Jesus said this. This is really bizarre. I don't know if anybody could really get their mind around this. Jesus says, greater works than I did, you'll do. And I think of what he did. Like he heals blind people and people that can't walk and he raises the dead. He says, you'll, you'll do better stuff than I do. And many theologians have said, you know what that means? That means because there's more Christians than just one Jesus that you'll do more as far as, as, as quantity. But other theologians have been risky and said you'll do more as far as, as far as quality. When Christ lives in you, the hope of glory, there'll be a change around you. For God did not give us a spirit of what? A spirit of fear, but a spirit of? And, and, uh, and a sound mind. And what do you think is going to be in that mind? Oh, just crazy thoughts. No, 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 no. God's going to use your mind to give you thoughts and imaginations and dreams right in your soul. And then he goes on to say, guard the good deposit that was entrusted you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Paul is a radical he consistently teaches about the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of us, doing something we cannot do on our own. That power is available to every one of us this morning. It's the power that caused Jesus Christ to rise from the dead. It's the power that isn't just a balance of power, but it's more than, than we need to accomplish a thing that God has called us to do. 
God is greater, number two, than all that we can imagine. Uh, people that imagine are called what-if people. What, what if we reached out to our neighbor like never before? What, what, what if a church actually closed the street? Now, some of you are going, well, that's no thing. Well, excuse me, you don't just close the street. You have to get permission from City Hall and the police department and the fire department. And you got to carry a $3 million insurance policy for the night. Come on. And you got to get a health permit to pass out nachos. Come on. And so all the legal Spiegel stuff, we, we do that behind the scenes so we can all come. But, but you've got to have a city that says that, 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 group, that group deserves to have the street closed. And you don't just show up at City Hall and say, we want to close our street. Come on. If you don't have a, a sense of responsibility and if, if you don't have a, a sense of the favor of God, Acts chapter 2. You know what Acts chapter 2 says? When the Holy Spirit fell, there were all these gifts that were given and, and power. The church was energized. The church was born in a worship service. And if you read the end of Acts chapter 2, they met from house to house. They had communion together. and It says, and God gave them favor. That's been a prayer that, that we have prayed over our kids. And, and when, when my son went to kindergarten, we started a prayer over his life. God, give him favor. Keep him out of trouble. <laughs> That's another prayer. But, but give him favor. And I pray this all the time. God, for our people from LFC, for our military who go to LFC, give them favor. Do something in their life that they are favored. Not because they're so awesome or because they go to a four-square church or they go to church at all, but because your Holy Spirit's in them. Give them favor. Watch over their kids when they go to college. Watch, watch over the... The, the young people who are single and trying to remain pure and, and, and watch over their marriages and watch over their kids and God, watch over their finances. And Lord, what if, what if we were filled with a church of what if people that believed there was a preferable future more than, 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 than we have even now? See, it would be easy for a pastor like me at 60 years of age, being here 30 years and 38 years in ministry to just simply say, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coast to 70. I'm just going to coast. But I, I, I wasn't wired to coast. I don't, you, some of you don't know me. I just wasn't wired to, to say, well, we, we got enough people to pay the bills. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> no, I'm going to be here with you tomorrow, and we're going to love on our community. And I don't just want to have a party that's fun and, and laughter, and, but, but I, I want to pray. And tomorrow, we want to dedicate that street to the purposes of God and to young families who come that live in the poverty line or below that don't have two nickels to their name. We can give their kids free cotton candy. You have no idea. That's the passion behind this. And the post-game party, when Lompoc plays Cabrillo, that's a big stinking deal. It's like our Super Bowl. And Cabrillo had a bye week, so that means they had two weeks to get ready for the Braves. Well, St. Joe had two weeks to get ready for the Braves. And I want to tell you, I was at the game. And that was one of the finest defenses at St. Joe. I'm telling you, they, they, Lompoc had to work hard. Am I right? They worked hard. Yeah. They worked hard. And, and St. Joe only got three points, but they got, Lompoc got 27. 
They held them to 27, I've got to tell you. So uh, I went to the game, and after the game, uh, Pete Hope and I, we went to In-N-Out Burger, because that's what you do after the game. And uh, if you're in Santa Maria anyway, if you're in Lompoc, you go to the Habit now. Or some of you, I saw you in the line, free food on Friday. You were like lining up. People fill Albertsons, KFC. They, 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 they filled the parking lot over by Eddie's Grill. How do you like that? And walked over to have it. Free burgers and fries. Oh, people were, te- he was on Facebook. People were driving in from San Luis Obispo and <laughs> people from Burbank because they heard it was free, you know. By the way, let me tell you what I know about Lompoc. We are finicky. I mean, we will support a business when it's new so we can tell our friends we were there. You remember Panda? Traffic jam for three weeks. Three, three weeks. I went by the other day, lunchtime. Six people, four people in the drive-thru. If you work at Panda, no offense. I just, welcome to Lompoc, right? All right, new church starts in town. People want to go try it out. And you guys are finicky. I, I know who you are. Now, let me just tell you this. Had nothing to do with the sermon. I just had to get that out of my system. But when, when the game is over and, and on the low scale, 1,300, and the high scale, 1,500 young people come. By the way, do you know where the party's located? Right next door to the stadium. You have to have favor to get there from here. It started here in the parking lot with 89 kids. We thought we were something else. And uh, uh, Mike Edigue was our youth pastor, volunteer in the day. And he said, hey, pastor, we had 89 people. 10 were workers. So that means we had 79 students come. You think we should do this next year? I said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And he looked at me. You mean we're doing it next year? Yes. And the following year was a couple hundred, and, and it, just, it grew, and, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And 23 years later, we're still doing the party. Because ain't no party like the post-game party, because the post-game party never stops. Anyway, so, <laughs> but I want to I go back a little bit, because I, I got to go way back. Imagine... If people didn't step out and do what they do, imagine if a guy by the name of Al Ware did not come to Lompoc, California in his flying gospel ship. 1939. God takes this guy who traveled the country to preach the gospel and brings him to Lompoc and somehow speaks to the spark in his heart and says, start a church. And he built the church by the side of the road. Now you're looking at it there uh, after we came and cleaned it up just a little bit. Um, back in the 1940, when it was first built, uh, it was in a lot worse shape than that. There was no Mosby building. There was no building next door. There was, there was about 9,000 people in town. And this guy had a vision to build a church. By the way, some of you were never there. But that's, that's the church I came to in 1986. And if the termites quit holding hands, the building <laughs> would have fallen down, I promise. And, and the baptismal took a week to drain, and every time it rained, water came in somewhere, and we would fix the roof, and it would find another place to come in. And, and God touched marriages there. Boy, there we are. There's Tony Vol with a tie on, on the right. There's Ray, Ray Milholland right there, big Ray. And Dave, there's Debbie in the back trying to cover from the wind. And there I am on the far left in a suit, one of my rare occasions. And we put this sign out on the street. We're building a new sanctuary. 
I'll get choked up because this was the building they said you, you couldn't build. And uh, anyway, and we, here's what we wrote, making room for you. So while we have this old building, this new building that you're in now was built. Keep going, Stephen. We got a lot of sermon and not much time. And that's me with my hands up. No, I'm not worshiping. I'm just giving a tour. Anybody that wanted to learn about what these sticks meant, I would give them all day long. I would just be here. People drive by, what are you building? Come on in. And I'd give them tours. And this is the scaffolding. There's the cross because I wanted a cross in the stucco so nobody that, you know, 10 years from now could take it down or something. It's in the stucco. And that's a nice shot, isn't it? That's before we expanded. So this part here, you can see it's not even there. That's, that's before the... Keep going, Stephen. I know you got more for me. That's after we expanded. Keep going, buddy. Keep going, buddy. Keep going. Hey, that's the Connections Building. Seven modules. That was a great day. People driving by, wanting to know why we're craning stuff in. That's the building right there. Uh, keep going, buddy. Uh, beautiful. See, we're using it. We're using it. A lot of stuff happens there. Youth happens there and uh, different means. That's the D Street house we bought a few years ago right behind us. You can see the back of the sanctuary to the back. So we took all our kids' ministries offices and, and moved them over to D Street and added some staff over there. Um, we own that house free and clear, and it's pretty good, 128 grand. Not bad. Don't you, don't you wish you were there that day? And uh, it was an escrow for uh, 10 months. It was in a probate escrow. So make sure you have a will or living trust. Otherwise, you've got to wait 10 months. Anyway, so uh, the kids' ministries is over there now. And, uh, and now we've remodeled all these classrooms, and, and there's all kinds of stuff happening. And I just wanted to remind you that what if people didn't imagine? What if we didn't think about having a church right here where, where we could reach out to our neighborhood, and we could reach out to the wonderful people at Vandenberg, and we could reach out to our, our county and literally our world. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, Christ himself has this imagination, this dream that he would give apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, I guess that fits me, to do what? Uh, to equip his people. You read, you read what the Bible says, for works of service. Our job is to equip you our children, the next generation, the generation beyond that with works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, there's lots of ways that people think the church gets built up. You got to have good worship and you have to have a, a good pastor and you have to have nice lights and nice signs and cushy seats with extra foam. We bought these seats. They were an inch and a quarter wider than the ones we had before. I don't know why we went wider. Anyway... <laughs> But the body of Christ is built up when everybody serves until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And people wonder, how do I get fuller in Christ? You give more of yourself away. I think it's so cool. C.S. Lewis says it best. The church is the only organization that exists primarily for the benefit of non-members. You join a club, you join a group, it's to serve the group. Make sure the group's okay. And now there are many great service organizations that come together as a group and, and serve others. I, I get that. And, and some of you are part of them. God bless you. But when we have these events in our community, I, I want you to think, as Stephen, you got some pictures, right? Yeah, just, just go through them fast because sermon time is here. I don't know who that boy, does anybody know that boy? Go back. Anybody know that boy? All I know is, a few years ago, when we had the pony ride, he, he was in heaven. Free pony ride. 
And he said, Mr., if I want to, Mr., if I, Mr., if I want to go again, do I have to wait in the line? I, I, I said, yes, but this one time only, you got favor. And I put him on the horse again. And, and, and he went again. Look at him. He knows he, he cheated the, the line. Anyway, go on, next. There's our street, folks. That's, 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 by the way, tomorrow night, the street does not belong to Lompoc. We're going to dedicate it to Jesus, and we're going to have a party out there. Okay, keep going. Yeah, th- those people, they were so awesome. Keep going. Now, this, this, is, this, is, this is good. This is post-game party, and uh, the boys from Lompoc Tennis, and those are mini tennis balls, I guess. I don't know. So go on, go on. Yeah, you look cool. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the mechanical shark. What can I say? Keep going. You got any more? Yeah. Got people worshiping God here. Imagine if this church wasn't here. I I tell pastors this. Make sure your church has such impact in the community that if it no longer existed, people would wonder why. There are 1,500 churches in America that close their door every month. And most most of them no one asks why they're gone. No one misses them. I think of a, of a man named Abraham in the Bible who wondered, is God's promise really to, is he going to make a nation out of my wife and I, and she's barren and we're old? And he embraces by faith this more than we could ask or think, God, imagine a stammering man named Moses who says, God, I want to be a part of the deliverance of Israel. He was afraid at first. We know the story. Imagine a young boy named David who said, God, I am willing to go fight against Goliath. The armies, I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the special forces are all in the bushes afraid of him. But you have anointed my life, and I, I'm going to go out. And with you, I'm going to win today. Who do you think has the most imagination? You think it was this guy had the most imagination? He built a kingdom with a mouse. A magic kingdom, right? The happiest place on earth, also known as the most expensive place <laughs> on earth. Hey, what about this guy? Most imagination? He taught us how to use a mouse. What to do with the mouse. They built their first mouse out of a soap dish, traveling soapbox. He told his guys at Apple to go to every Walgreens and every Long's Drugs and buy the little boxes that you put your soap in to travel and to buy every roll-on deodorant they could find to get the little ball out of it so they could create. No, I'm telling you, it's a true story. Look it up. How the first mouse was made. Uh, what about this guy? When you think about, uh, does anybody know him? Ron? Ron Popeil. He, Vegematic, Slice-O-Matic, he had hair in a can. Imagination. And then he said, you put your chicken or your turkey in this thing and you set it and, and forget it. And he always said this. He's the, he's the master of, 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 this, of the, the, this phrase. Wait. There's more. 
But I, I want to show you a picture, a drawing of somebody I believe is the most imaginative person ever. And sketched by somebody with a great gift and talent, don't you think? Jesus had more imagination than anybody. He says, I'm going to create a kingdom, not out of a mouse, but out of people like you. I'm going to create a kingdom with a power that's never been seen before or since. I'm going to create a kingdom where I will walk among the people from heaven. I'm going to create a kingdom where the last are first, where the weak are made strong, where outsiders become insiders, where people who lose their lives end up finding it, where people who die to themselves and their sin and their hurts, habits, and hangups come to life and are transformed, where people who are generous with their time, their talents, their treasures, their finances will be greatly rewarded where people who confess their guilt and their shame become totally free. And Paul would write it this way, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is what? Forgotten. And everything is new. Imagine a master named Jesus, the king of the kingdom, who welcomes tax collectors who are outcasts, who welcomes prostitutes, he never marginalized anyone. Imagine a kingdom, he says, filled with grace and healing and mercy and a family, a community that everyone would be united as one where people would love each other and care for each other and accept each other and forgive each other and put up with each other and put up with each other and sometimes put up with each other. Not only did this kingdom not exist, no one had ever imagined it before. For every king and every kingdom that ever happened before, the kingdom of Christ was all about the king being served and the king being safe and the king being cared for. And Jesus would come and say, not only Am I going to make this kingdom about everyone else in the kingdom, not just about me? But I'm going to take the sin of everyone in the kingdom and even those who reject the kingdom because he died for all. And I'm going to take those sins upon myself and I am going to be the servant king and no one's ever seen one like me before. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And Paul would go on to say, for what I received in 1 Corinthians 15, I passed on to you as of the first most important thing I could tell you, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to to the scriptures. And after he dies, he rises up and he says to his disciples, wait, there's more. <laughs> I've got more for you. 
They're wondering, how could there be any more than you dying for us? How could there be any more than you rising again from the dead for us? But there's more. You see, number three, God is greater than your own power and abilities. And he says to these disciples that are lousy fishermen, ragtag guys, uneducated, under-resourced, I have an imagination that's beyond you. I'm going to take you and with you 11 individuals, I will build a kingdom so large, it will be the largest gathering of people around the world. It'll be called the body of Christ. And there, let me paraphrase, they're looking at each other and say, he's right there and he's got a body. Why do we need another one? And it will meet in homes and it will meet in big cathedrals and it will meet in churches with cushy chairs and it will meet in underground where it's illegal to meet. And they will revolutionize the world. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, it's our verse. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we Ask, what are you asking? Or imagine, what are you imagining? Parents, what do you imagine for your kids? How does the Holy Spirit help you imagine for them? How does your life impact others according to his power that is at work within us? To him be glory in the church. Somebody says, what's the the glory in the church? Well, it's his presence. Sure. Sure. You know what else it is? It's you living by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Christ looks at us, loving each other, worshiping together, being in small groups together, studying the word together, praying for each other, serving our community together, he sees glory in the church. When people get along, behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. God is well pleased with that. God hates church fights. Do you know that? We don't fight here, but there are some churches they love to fight. I'm so glad I don't pastor one of those churches. They wouldn't want me there because I just I would hug everybody in the fight <laughs> until they couldn't breathe, <laughs> and I'd say, and then I'd say, "Say, Uncle," and then, right? When you do that. After Jesus rises, he says, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit with this faith that is greater than you ask or think. Uh, Someone said faith is, among other things, an act of the imagination. We imagine things. We imagine things. Hebrews 11.1, faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. You ever drive around your neighborhood you ever drive around the base? You ever drive around the community of Lompoc or Orcutt or Santa Maria or Buellton? You ever just drive around? I do every once in a while, and I, I get goosebumps thinking, what, what, what if? What if these schools that we have? You know, in America, for every school, there are three to four churches for every school in America. What if every school had three to four churches adopt them? 
quiet in here. By the way, on Wednesday, we're going to a local school. Our van is filled with gift bags for every teacher, for every office worker, for the principal. She doesn't know she's getting anything. <laughs> and we're just going to give them gift bags and tell them, on behalf of Lompoc Foursquare, thank you for investing in the next generation. You know what we knew to put in the gift bags? We had a questionnaire every teacher got. What's your favorite color? What do you like? What do you do when you're not at work? What's your favorite hobby? And we took some of your tithe and offering and we filled the gift bags with stuff. Wouldn't that be cool if every church in Lompoc adopted a school or two? Or maybe just a reading circle? There's a church in the Bay Area where there's a group of 12 men, they're all 80 plus, and they go in every Tuesday and Thursday and just tutor kids. They, they all worked in high-tech industry, Silicon Valley. You know what they do every Tuesday and Thursday? They go teach kids. And they, they go to the, 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 the schools that have the lowest amount of income, and they teach people. And one gentleman uh, missed one day because he was sick. And three boys from his uh, tutoring class went to his house to find him. They said, we missed our homie today. <laughs> three black kids went to see their homie, their white homie, 80, <laughs> 85 with big ears. I think about our Celebrate Recovery ministry that we have on Wednesday, and the team is awesome. And um, we've invested in some radio commercials that are on Secular radio, we didn't put on K-Love because it's too churchy. So uh, pirate radio and the beat, and we've got commercials because we want people in our community to know that there's a 12-step program where Jesus is the center of it all. Uh, we have a great youth group. I was just dreaming the other day about our youth group, not just meeting on campuses, but meeting in neighborhoods where you would open your home and young people that would never step into a church would, would come to your home and we would have teaching there for them. And I think of children's ministries that would happen in your front lawn. We'd bring the LFC van over and we'd give cotton candy out to the kids that you know in your street. And we'd do crafts and a Bible lesson. And we have a great group now called Mops, Mothers of Preschoolers. And, and it's real great and it's wonderful. But I, I think of them meeting and reaching out to people that are far away from God and far away from Jesus and and single moms who are moms of preschoolers who, who have no connection with Christ at all. And I think about projects in our community of serving those with legitimate needs and helping elderly couples who, who maybe had a fence fall down or they've got overgrown bushes and trees. And I've already talked to our city manager how we might work with code enforcement to be a church that would come alongside people who found themselves in a hard time and a hard situation and don't know who to call or what to do and have no funds to get out of the hole they're in. And I just thought about a church that someday could teach people job skills so they could become employable. Everybody talks about, we need better jobs in Lompoc, better jobs, better, better jobs in Lompoc. And there's really not much job training in Lompoc. So if you get better jobs, you better have trained people. And how could we train them and teach them skills that would be marketable and, and, um, I would blow you away with some of the stuff I think about when I drive around the town. It'd be easy for me just to say I'm um, 
60, I'm going to coast now, but I can't, I can't do that because I think of people like Justice and uh, I think about God and how he cares for our town, how he cares for our schools, how he cares for our police and our fire department. He even cares about Walmart. Did you know that? And Vandenberg and Starbucks, our hospital. He cares about Eddie's Grill and Floriano's. He cares about Southside. He cares about the post office. And by the way, God even cares about the DMV. And, uh, <laughs> a, a pastor friend of mine, his name is Tim Savage. He pastors with uh, Wayne Cadero over at New Hope. And he said, we don't spend every day working to make just enough money to go back to work the next day. No, we are here to spread the good news of Jesus to those that he put in our life community to point them to eternal life. That's, that's our job and our assignment. So I have more to say, but it's time to quit. Uh, so around you, there's offering envelopes. You see them? Some of you use them for your gift today. I would, I would like you to take an offering envelope and don't put any money in it. You, you already did that, hopefully. But now if you feel compelled to finance some of the things I just said, put a big check in there. But that's not what this is for. I, I wonder if this offering could be you. Well, you just write your name on the front. And maybe if you have a dream or you, you have a vision, you have an imagination. Oh, by the way, if you're writing something down that I need to do, that's not what I'm asking for. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking for you to write down something that you feel called to do. It's, I'm asking you to write down your what if. What if I had God's anointing? What if I had somebody to show me a pathway? And in the next two weeks, and I say two because this week is jammed for us, but in the next two weeks, we will call you. Write down how we should contact you, if it's text or email. Don't write down your email when you only do email once every 10 days. I email some of our people at the church. It's 10 days response. It's not, not good. So if you're a texter, write down your number. We won't sell it to anybody. But what if we could partner together, you with some of our volunteers and, and some of our staff? We, we brought uh, Pastor Darren on our staff. His main, main goal, his main role is to raise up teams, to raise up leaders, to find places for them to serve. That, that's, that's 90% of his job. And so if, if, if you're wanting to get a, be a part of something that we're doing here, great. Maybe we don't do it yet, but maybe you're the answer to our prayer as we've been asking God to give us people uh, to do certain things that we need to do. Sure, we need more children's workers. Got it. Sure, we need more people to, to help us reach out in other ways. Got it. But there might be something that's burning inside your soul. It might be your spark that we could help ignite, that God could do more than we could ask or even imagine. So fill that out. And as you leave, the ushers will be back there and they'll just pick those up and, and they'll get them where they need to go. They'll get them to, the, get them to me. I'll take care of it. Hey, it's just been good talking to you. I didn't want to just like preach a sermon. But, but here's what I wanted you to think about. What's your what if this week? It's, it's that person you work with. It's that person you go to school with. It's that neighbor who desperately needs to know that God's power and Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And if you go over there and say, God lives in me, they're going to be calling the chaplain to come and help you out. But if you ventured across the street, if you ventured across the room, if you, if you just took a moment to say, God, I want you to use me to make a difference in their lives, think of what he could do. 
Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com. Leads to 